BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Lakers Legacy Podcast, where even with as hot as Jason Tay-Tay was all game today oh. against the Lakers, I guess you could say it was simply God's will that the boys in purple and gold would still wind up beating the Celtics when it was all said and done. And that's God's will with a big, fat, clutch LeBron fadeaway apostrophe to you, Tay-Tay. So, pew pew, shots fired. We beat the Celtics and nothing else matters. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander, who is actually coming straight from downtown LA because he was at the game, watched that, a little bit of a tire fire at the end of a game there against the Boston Celtics, but all that matters is that the Lakers got the W. So, Tommy, welcome to the show. How was the, uh, the Boston Celtics versus Los Angeles Lakers game today on this fine Sunday? Uh, it was a pretty epic game. I think it was like probably the worst officiated game I've seen certainly this yes. season, but potentially of, I don't know. I, I mean, of all, all time is <laughs> like a crazy thing to throw out for like a random regular season game, but oh my God, there were some absurd calls in this game. And at the end, kind of like on both ends too, at first it was like the Lakers weren't getting any foul calls and then the refs just lost their minds all together everywhere. So, Well, it felt like they weren't giving the Lakers foul calls at first, which I agree. But then it's like they overcompensated, but then it was like they were just missing really obvious yes. you know, calls like the Kuzma goaltend was like, I mean, yeah. there were calls where like live, we were watching it in the stadium and I was sitting in the suite. I was not sitting in like the like 100 level 
wall right next to the, you know, players or anything like that. And and we could see things happening that were so mind-blowingly obvious. <laughs> and it was just like, how were you standing right there and you couldn't call that? Right. What about atmosphere-wise? Because I obviously just watched it on TV, but that felt like a playoff atmosphere type game both teams were like going at it and hustling diving to the floor people were hacking each other left and right um yeah what was the atmosphere like in there the atmosphere in staples was definitely lit it was it felt like a playoff game for sure <laughs> lady yeah lady but beyond a playoff game it was like i mean it was interesting because and I think this is the first Celtics game I've been to, but I've seen it's obviously a ton on TV or Laker home games that were Celtics games. But there's actually like a large amount of Boston transplants that have ended up in yes. LA. <laughs> so there were like a lot of Celtics fans there. Um, and, uh, you know, at times like Tatum, obviously I can't take anything away from him. He had a phenomenal game. Mm. He was pretty much unstoppable for us. Apostrophe is um, notwithstanding, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not sure what that references to. Cause I feel oh, like you so <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> so he got, he got a new tattoo that says God's will on his, um, back. But okay. it's missing the apostrophe, so it just says God's, like, G-O-D-S. Oh, right, right, yeah. Okay, and you're okay, just okay. like, what? Okay, but yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, he was fantastic in the game. Um, we had, like, no answer for him, and uh, he was just abusing us the whole night. But it, there were just so many bad calls, and it was just blowing my mind how these refs were continuing to miss stuff. And then it felt like they, at certain points, acknowledged, like, realized they were missing horrendous calls on one end. So then they were trying to compensate on the other end. It just didn't feel like I didn't want to say this with the group I was with at the game, but, and I don't know if this is even true, but it felt like, okay, first, you know, marquee. Sunday noon game of the season. And so the refs want to take control. Um, mm. And that's just kind of what it felt like the whole time. Like in the first half, it was just LeBron and AD as has been the theme. Most of the season, we're just getting repeatedly hammered in yeah. the paint with no calls. And meanwhile, you have like Marcus smart flopping his head up <laughs> all around yeah. or like Jason Tatum going in. And it's like, yeah, he's obviously seeking contact, but it's like, if you're going to call touch fouls on that end, you got to call it on the other end. And then there were obvious calls that were being missed. And then there were like the Kuzma goaltend that was like an obvious goaltend that was missed. I mean, there were some, to be clear, in the Lakers' favor that were missed. Yeah. Um, but it was just like a horrendously officiated game. Anytime there was any flow to the game where like the officials didn't really get involved, it felt like the Lakers yeah. were taking control. Um. So I, I like the game from that perspective. Um, felt like all the fans, like I said, they recognized the, the importance of this game. And it's just nice that, you know, whatever, you know, I don't care what happened. They slotted a W against one of these teams that like, you know, arbitrary pick whatever metric you want. The Lakers haven't won a game against X type of teams. Now we've, I think, beaten all of those types. You know, I think like after we had... After it was like, oh, the Lakers suck against good teams. Well, what do you mean? They have the second best record in the league against 500 plus teams. Oh, mm -hmm. actually, what I mean is the Lakers, you know, look at these, all these other teams' records against teams, the top five defensive teams in the league. What about the Lakers? Well, the Lakers finally won one against even one of those teams. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good win. 
Yeah, for sure. Especially because kind of similar to the Denver game last week when they were on the road and it seemed like Denver had regained momentum and the Lakers kind of got punched in the mouth. The Lakers, I think, showed a lot of fight again in this game, um, even though the officiating yeah, was like sure. kind of all over the place. So I think that's one big takeaway here. The Lakers are down by like seven in the fourth quarter. And I was like, uh oh, here we go again. We usually do not perform very well in the clutch for whatever reason. And, you know, AD was missing those chippy layups and LeBron was settling for three pointers again. And I'm like, Ugh. but thank God for that LeBron Kobe like slash Dirk like fadeaway, one legged fadeaway jump shot at the end there. Um, to pull it out. So at least they they showed some fight once again. Uh, before we get going with the rest of our show, uh, we'll just close out the Celtics game um, in a bit and then also obviously talk about the new Markeith Morris edition. Hey, check it out. We got a Morris yeah. twin. And it's official now. It is official. You're right. Um, before we get to that, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, We are at 408 Reviews. We are trying to get to 420 before 420. So let's make that happen. And we have yet to get our first 2020 review um, for this year. So whoever does that first, we will read it on our next episode. Um, And yeah, the more you rate and review us, that's how many more apostrophe tattoos Jason Tatum will get on his body because he doesn't have any apostrophe tattoos even though he should have at least one uh so yes please rate and review us for that reason also uh if you'd like to help us out financially in any small way you can do so at patreon.com slash the Lakers legacy podcast we are brought to you by lineups.com and with that said Tommy to close out our conversation on this Celtics game Rajon Rondo and his passing holy shita (laughs) Well, let me just say, like, again, I have not had the benefit. I just got back from downtown. It's, like, many hours after the game, but we went all went out to drink and celebrate the uh, the win. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch the game just on TV, so mm-hmm. I don't know what the perspective is from that. But being the at the stadium... The bounce pass was insane. The one where he saved it and, uh, like, just forget, no bounce Forget all that. I mean, like, yeah. look, all that stuff was sick as hell, right? But beyond that, just his... You sensed and felt that veteran, I've been here, I've done this presence, and like I'm not going to shy away from the big moment. In fact, screw the big moment. Put me in right now. I'm going to go make a difference. Like You felt that when he was on the court as much. Yeah, because he was playing defense too. (laughs) Yeah, as much as I love Caruso, and you know Caruso um, had a short game. Um, I'm looking at the stats right now, actually. He only played eight eight minutes, and it felt like he played eight minutes. if you were there, uh, he didn't do a whole lot. Um, this was the type of game where you're fine seeing Rajon Rondo, especially the uh, how he was in there, like what he was doing. He had five steals in this game, and that really captures. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I'm just looking at the box score for the first time, but five steals, it seems like an outlier. It really, really captures, in my perspective, what he was able to do. He was constantly messing with people. I mean, he was mm-hmm. messing with these young Celtics wings. He was messing with the and his cancer. I mean, he he was... His hands were everywhere. He was everywhere. He was fully locked in. He wasn't holding the ball as much as he normally does. Um, plus 15 in the game. It was just, in my in my mind, a phenomenal performance. Um, also have to throw a shout-out to Kyle Kuzma. He was only one yeah. for five from three, but he, was, he had a fantastic game scoring the ball. 
um, getting to his spots. His first bucket, he had like a back down, like turnaround fadeaway jump Kobe. shot. Yeah, Kobe's style jump shot. And that kind of set the tone for him the rest of the game. Every time he came in, um, he was looking to be aggressive offensively. Again, he's a young player. It doesn't always translate to results, but... I liked what he was bringing. I actually also liked what he brought defensively. He had one block. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the highlight one. Again, I haven't seen the game, but I'm sure it was the highlight on Jason Tatum when nobody could shut him down on our team. But just a guy who's 6'8", who could, like, stand there and be a body in front of Jason Tatum, be a body in front of Gordon Hayward, and kind of muck things up. Kuzma did a fantastic job. I think I continue to think he's criminally underrated defensively. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be nice. You saw, you mentioned Marquise Morris, but KCP played almost 30 minutes in this game. It's going to be nice in situations where we're able to, instead of forcing KCP to go against these guys like Kawhi Leonard, like Jason Tatum, who are by no fault of his own, just going to abuse them simply because they can shoot over him. Like he's not there. Um, it's going to be really, really nice to be able to slot in a guy like Marquise Morris, who has size, has strength, is an NBA veteran, is known for his defense even more so than his brother. Um, and you could just put him in there and he is going to get you stops. Like that is going to be a huge upgrade once we, you know, put Keith in at the back of four, slide Kuzma to the back of three, start playing KCP some more less minutes because KCP's playing a lot of back of three right now, even though he's like six four or six five. Mm-hmm. Like that's gonna be a huge, huge, huge upgrade for our roster. And I'm super excited to see uh where things go with that. Yeah, definitely. And I think for Kyle Kuzma, it's so interesting that when he cause Tatum only had like four points in the fourth quarter and he ended up with, what did he have this? 41. 41. So he only had four points in the fourth. And when they stuck Kyle Kuzma on him in the third, it was interesting that, and I'm not trying to take anything away from what Kuzma did, but just the fact that Kuzma had the same body type as Tatum almost made Tatum like stop attacking it was it was bizarre like Tatum would like take two dribbles he saw that Kuzma was on him and he'd stop his dribble all of a sudden like a lot of those the possessions against Kuzma were like that where it's not like Kuzma's even doing anything extraordinary on defense it's just he was doing that Spider-Man meme mimicking and shadowing Jason Tatum because they both have that same body type and it's just like you said kind of a, a nice luxury to have Kuzma be in those positions against wings and with Marquise Morris, he'll be slotted into that wing position more often than not. And he's shown, you know, it's not even just Jason Tatum, right? But he's done this on guys like DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, even Paul George in the past. So Carmelo Anthony, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's nice to see that come into play again and just gives us like Marquise Morris, and we'll get to this in our next segment, but just gives us another option to use if say one guy just isn't working out like KCP or Danny Green or maybe Kyle Kuzma doesn't have it this one night defensively so um, it was nice to see Kyle Kuzma bring that out and then also offensively I think you're starting to see in these last few games Kyle Kuzma get some pick and roll opportunities right where he's more um, intentional about calling the screener over to set him a pick and then mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma's just able to hit that mid-range floater you know so I think that gets him going and it's it's good that Frank Vogel's realizing that and allowing him to kind of explore his space in that screen setting, like pick and roll sort of game where he can either be the score or throw it up for a lob to like Dwight or Anthony Davis. So um, encouraging signs on that end for Kuzma offensively. And then the last thing with Rondo, 
you know, he had five assists and zero turnovers. I think all five of his assists were almost of like the highlight reel variety. <laughs> and we've talked about this before where Rondo just gets hot when it comes to assisting all of a sudden, but not only assisting, but like making the exact right reads, you know, because Rondo can assist and then he can just make like spectacular plays, but then he can also make spectacular plays that were the exact right read that only he could make, you know? And it felt like once he got rolling, it was like, it, it's insane how he changes the dynamic of the game and the momentum of the game. And I know in these last few weeks, people have kind of been like poo-pooing the playoff Rondo thing and saying like, when's the last time Rondo was good in the playoffs? And actually the last time Rondo was good in the playoffs was with Anthony Davis. Like his right. net rating was amazing in the playoffs. But regardless, even if you want to say he wasn't actually playoff Rondo since like his Celtics days, like you mentioned, it's just nice to have this guy in your back pocket because you know that, almost like as insurance, right? Like Alex Caruso is amazing. We know that. We know what he's going to bring to the table. Net rating with LeBron is through the roof. But what if we don't know what's going to happen when he's in a playoff intensity setting, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just nice to know that Rondo can channel that sometimes. And it's not like this is his first game to do it this season, you know? He's had spatterings of... I can, I can maybe say he's had seven games against good teams where he actually showed up, right? And maybe this is him starting to tune up for the playoffs, and maybe we'll see it a little bit more consistency, consistently. But also maybe Rondo's just like pacing himself, or like you're not gonna get a good version of Rajon Rondo for an 82 game season. But in the playoffs, maybe you'll get more like two good games out of every four, you know, versus one out of four that you'll typically get in in the regular season, or zero out of four. So mm-hmm. that's just what I want to say about Rajon Rondo. It's encouraging. I don't expect it to last. Um, but at least you know. Playoff Rondo, don't poo-poo it yet. Um, and then lastly, I know uh, Avery Bradley only had three points, but this guy's been on a tear, and I just want to give him major props because he's got his legs underneath him. He's shooting like 60% from three, something ridiculous like that in his last 12. And again, it just gives the Lakers more options. Um, any last words on this game or any other players? No. Yeah, I mean, just because you brought up Avery Bradley again, I can't we can't give him enough props for how well he has performed and how significantly he's turned his season around. I mean, he's shooting three percentage points above his career high, but you know where he was with Memphis at the end of last season and where he has been at some seasons in his prime, um, he's sh- shooting above, you know, even his prime seasons in many cases with the Celtics, like he's shooting at that level from three point range right now. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been fantastic. He's, his defense has not wavered at all through this offensive resurgence. And he's just giving us like one more guy who we could point to between him and Caruso and Rondo and say, like, you know what? Maybe we don't have that like prototypical, you know, awesome bench player or third option ball handler type guy next to LeBron who can create and do everything you're, you know, in the modern one wants to do. But between these three guys, we have somebody who approximates that. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, lastly, Anthony Davis, uh, I thought he had a pretty bad game, but I looked at the box score and I was like, Oh, he had 32 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks and three assists. All right. Yeah. I guess that's, yeah, I that's what it's like to have an all-star. It's great. He, um, yeah, but yeah. exactly. <laughs> he had some bad turnovers in the first half, but he, Picked it up. I mean, when he in the third quarter, I remember at halftime, 
uh, I was at this game with my wife, and we like looked at each other after halftime. And she had unfortunately had to suffer through many Laker games with me. But she uh, she was like, "Yeah, AD is not playing that well." I think at the end of the third second quarter, he had two points, and then at the end of the third quarter, he had twenty four points. So I mean, you do your fast math there. But he played really, really well in the second half. Um, sometimes these Lakers do this thing, and I, I again, I, maybe this comes off as excuses or whatever, but. I feel like they almost get too amped for some games. Like we're like, oh, this is going to be our playoff matchup. Like, yeah, we're, you know, first place in the West by five, six games. And we're like only second place in the entire NBA record wise. But this is the game that's going to most, you know, be closest to what we're going to do in the playoffs. So let's go 100% balls out. And I feel like they've had a few of these games where they've come, they haven't been able to find their normal consistent energy just because it's too, they like amp themselves up too much or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this other than to say like, it's nice that they've, it seems like they've settled down a little bit more. Um, And guys like Bradley and, and uh, Kuzma, Rondo, KCP, like these role players are really, that's their time to step in and settle things down. And they've done a good job lately. Yeah, I agree. And I think just with the trade deadline passing and for the most part, a lot of the role players knowing that they're going to be on the team, they know their roles at this point. Even Kyle Kuzma said, at this point, it doesn't matter whether I'm scoring 15 points or taking four shots. I'm going to try my best to do what the team needs from me on a night-to-night basis, and that may be different on, a, on any given single night. So it's nice to see that, and nobody has an ego. You know, the two main guys are LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and we'll see what happens with everybody else. But you're getting contributions from everyone. Everyone's hustling. Everyone's trying hard. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful sight to see, and it's crazy to be in this space where we haven't been here in a, here in a while where it's just like, Let's just get to the playoffs, you know? Everybody stay healthy. Um, For the most part, we know what this team is outside of some few marquee matchups like this one. And then I think we play... Do we play the Sixers again one more time? No. I I think we do at home, no? I don't think we play. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we might play the Sixers one more time at home. But outside of a few, like marquee matchups, and I think we play the Clippers again, but at that point we may be resting them in that weird back-to-back-to-back. But outside of those games, we know what this team is, and we're just... Yeah, we're just waiting for the playoffs. It's 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 refreshing, but also at the same time weird, and we just hope for uh, health at this point. All right, uh, we will take it to break, and then when we return, we will talk about the Markeith Morris acquisition and how that could change the complexion of this team heading into the playoffs. Complexion. Complexion. I don't think I've used that word yet. So great, great podcast word. All right, so we are back. So these Tommy, are my we... complexions. <laughs> Just when I thought I... I don't know what the rest of the lyrics are. Um, Nice one. Uh, So we said bye-bye to Boogie, but we said hi-hi to Markeith. Wow. And and it looks like... (laughs) And we have got a Morris twin of our own. So Lakers versus Clippers in many more ways than three. Um, So... I guess first, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about the the DeMarcus Cousins thing because I want to save more of our talk for Markeith, but I think all of us were a little surprised that DeMarcus Cousins was the player that ended up getting Ugh. cut. I think we had pegged Troy Daniels to be that guy, and he may still be that guy. You're but not safe. <laughs> you're not safe, Troy. Especially because the timing was weird, even though I know that DeMarcus Cousins did that sit-down interview with uh, Matt Barnes and Steve, Stephen... 
Jackson a couple weeks ago, it came out this past week and he was just talking about, you know, how great the chemistry was on the team, how he loves being a Laker and how even though that he's just a guy in a suit everywhere he goes, he gets so much love and you could just sense that he enjoyed he enjoys his time with this team this entire season. So it was just interesting to see that they cut him, but we've come to find that the NBA is going to allow DeMarcus Cousins to stay on with the team and continue to rehabilitate, use the facilities, work out with the coaches, and maybe even still be at practice. He just can't travel with the team or be on the bench with the team. And so it's clear that Rob Palenka approached the situation delicately. They talked to DeMarcus Cousins, and it seems like everyone's in mutual agreement. And so I know a lot of people have also been pretty dismissive about the Lakers' chemistry and, you know, have put chemistry in quotes and saying that it's not important. And I think it's exactly because of our chemistry that we're able to pull off something like this with a guy as integral as DeMarcus Cousins and also pretty much have him in the bag for next season as well, you know? Just because DeMarcus Cousins has loved his time so much here, Rob Palenka has loved constructing this team and they have such a good Um, line of communication with all of their players like that's part of the chemistry of this entire season and this entire organization and team and because of that we can easily come to terms with a guy like DeMarcus and say hey we don't want to put any pressure on you to have to rush yourself back for the playoffs we think it would be better if you actually just you know continue to rehabilitate through the offseason and then we'd love to have you back for next season so I think the chemistry is exactly why we're able to make a move like this that doesn't burn any bridges with anybody and may end up helping us further down the line anyways, like helps us out in the short term, helps us out in the long term as well. So that's just one thing that I wanted to put out there. Do you have anything to say about DeMarcus Cousins or anything to add? I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, it was cool having just another legit superstar who wasn't necessarily involved in the grind of the day to day. Like, I mean, obviously he's been rehabbing, but it's cool seeing somebody like that's perspective of how every everything's going, right? Because like Troy Daniels, you know, Quinn Cook, like random guys you could – Taylor Horton Tucker. You're thinking of like random end, guys at the end of our bench. Maybe those guys would say anything to stay in the league, right? But like DeMar- for DeMarcus Cousins to come out and make statements like – and this is a guy who played on the Warriors last year. Like this is mm-hmm. the best chemistry of any team I've ever been on. Um, just like making a very public statement about the culture and the type of team we have. I don't care how much we paid him. Um, it was worth it. And I hope he comes back next year. We've put in, you know, our good time with him. And we, it sounds like he knew well before anybody else knew that like, that's, this is the plan. This was the plan. Um, and this is what we were kind of trying to set up for some extra depth. And he was, fine with it. it apparently i mean he's going to do rehab with the team but it, it just like such a what a good look for our franchise the way we handled signing him and sticking with him through the mm-hmm. torn acl i mean he tore his acl in the summer to be clear like there were many free agents we could have cut him immediately and said like actually we're going to go sign this guy now we not only kept him around through all that we not only committed to paying him but like we kept him around through the entire season, essentially, while like the bulk of the real playing season, while he continued to rehab, like that's a really, really good look for our franchise. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Demarcus Cousins played an integral role on this team, whether you b- want to believe in the chemistry thing or not, or downplay it, upplay it. Like he was one of the few guys who could actually stand up to Anthony Davis and LeBron James and sort of 
you know, light a fire under their asses, tell them how it is. And I think a couple of times in the during halftime of a couple of games, like DeMarcus Cousins actually called those players out, you know, and there's not a lot of people on this team that can do that, that LeBron James and Anthony Davis would actually respect. So kudos to DeMarcus Cousins for his time. I'm pretty sure it's going to be up to the Lakers if we do win a championship ring to give one to DeMarcus Cousins. I'm sure he'll get one. So um, from that end, I'm glad we like closed the loop in a, in a very nice fashion. So with that said, we are bringing in Markeith Morris. I think he's 6'9", 6'10". I mean... He's like 6'8", yeah. 6'8". Um, so Markeith just officially signed with the Lakers, cleared waivers today. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago when Markeith was actually the more preferred brother out of the oh, two. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Especially when, especially when he was very with good, to be clear, yeah. Yeah, so Marcus Morris has always been sort of more of the sharpshooter between the two, but Markeith was more of the like util like utility versatile like stretch five stretch four guy who was a little bit more of a bruiser, right? Because in Phoenix, he averaged like his best season. He averaged fifteen points, six rebounds on forty seven percent from the field, had one point two steals, zero point five blocks. Like he's always been one of those guys who always averaged like a steal and a half a block a game or more, and. You could use him at that four spot or at that small ball five spot, and he would just kind of muck things up for you um, while also providing some versatility because of what he could do offensively and defensively. So uh, it's only recently that Marcus Morris has just become, you know, especially with the Knicks, but before this Knicks season where he had like he's averaging 19 points, he's always been perennially just a 13 point scorer who hits a lot of threes. So I feel like recent, like in in the most recent years, Markeith Morris has kind of gone more under the radar and kind of bounced around a lot more than um, Marcus Morris has, or I guess just hasn't had the same prestige, especially because he's been on more losing teams while Marcus Morris was with the Boston Celtics the last two years. Um, but with that said, what are your thoughts on the Lakers acquiring Markeith Morris? And I know by the end of this past week, you had become super excited. So Tell me about why you're excited about this acquisition. Super excited about this acquisition. Okay, look, Markeith Morris, our roster was weirdly constructed. Um, and if you follow, like, you know, General Lakers Twitter, maybe you've seen some of this stuff. But we obviously are known for having a very big front line. I think we have three guys who are, you know, six, ten and a half, let's call it, and above. Um we had like nine guys on our active roster, you know, nine, eight or nine guys who were like between six, two and like six, six, the only three guys we had on the entire team who were between six, six and six, nine were like Jared Dudley, LeBron and Kyle Kuzma. We have all the depth we want at certain positions. I actually think we're one of the deeper teams in the league, despite the narrative surrounding some of the other top teams. I think we have outstanding depth. I think you look at our team one through 14 or, you know, one through 13, certainly on most nights. And it's like, oh, there are NBA players at every single spot where you mm -hmm. can't say that necessarily about other teams. Um, but we were lacking in that size range. You know, you could try to compensate with the having the most big men or whatever, but in today's NBA where there are so many big wings, we saw it tonight with Jason Tatum and, Obviously, our biggest rivals in the West, the Clippers, are going to have two guys who are like fairly big wings. You're going to need a little bit more size in that 6'6 six, six to 6'8 six, range. Markeith Morris is not, you know, Kawhi Leonard defensively. He's not going to be Paul George defensively. He's a different kind of 6'8 ish guy. He plays more like a power forward. 
but he is a phenomenal wing defender. He's hitting 40% from three. We've been trying all season, and certainly during the postseason, our small ball lineup with AD at the five is going to become so, so, so much more important. And to have a guy who we can reliably go to, we all hoped it was going to be Kuzma this year. I'm not as low on Kuzma as some other people are, certainly, but I don't know that 24-year-old Kyle Kuzma is necessarily ready on both sides of the floor to be that primary guy at the four spot next to AD. Markeith Morris, as a 30-year-old NBA NBA veteran, is ready to fill in that spot, and it's going to make that lineup so much more deadly. LeBron now has a guy to throw the ball out to who is hitting a like, legit 40% from three this year. Where, again, he's replacing a guy who is barely hitting 33% with inconsistencies, you know, at all times. And then, obviously, defensively, you get the strength, you get more size, you get more length. It's such an upgrade for us, and I'm so, so, so high on it. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be our only move we make, but if it is, phenomenal. I mean, you know, you could make a very strong argument that we got the better Marcus, uh, Morris brother even <laughs> to this day, and we did not have to pay a fraction of the price the Clippers paid. We literally waived the guy who was not playing this year, and he's going to continue staying with the team. And we got somebody who's like just as in many, 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 you know, um, anal- if you want to look at analytics and stuff, like and by many metrics, just as good as his brother. And we basically got him for free. Right. I agree. And I think the biggest thing that Marcus, Marcus, Markeith Morris will do for us too is, you know, a lot of people have stated it just bring that sort of dog mentality to the table, especially now that DeMarcus Cousins isn't on the bench to sort of hype people up. Now we got a guy who can do that on the court as well. Uh, He's going to rough it up, play bully ball, and just be that bruiser and enforcer that the Lakers need, especially when it gets grimy in the playoffs, you know? And um, you know Markeith isn't going to back down. And it also just provides us overall with more versatility because... Let's say we face off against the Houston Rockets who have gone full, full, full small ball. Mm -hmm. Um, We're able to now match up with them a lot easier. You know, like we lost that last game to Houston and they kind of played our bigs off the floor. But now you can play Markeith at the five or you can have Anthony Davis at the five, Markeith at the four, Kuzma at the three. You can play with the lineups a lot and not be at a huge detriment, regardless of whether or not you're playing Houston who can go small the Clippers can obviously go small as well if they want to put Trez at the five. They can probably put out a, like an all-wing lineup if they wanted to, right? The Clippers. So the Lakers now have an answer to that at the very least. Then also he gives us another pick-and-pop big. I think mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is pretty much the only guy who can do that, right? Right. Yes. Like him and Kuzma, kind of. But like in terms of like a guy who can also play in the post, you don't have a guy like that outside of Anthony Davis. So Markeith just gives that other option of having another pick and pop big. And you can even envision some scenarios where Kuzma's calling Markeith over for a screen and he can either pass it back out to Markeith on the pick and pop, or maybe Markeith rolls or Kuzma scores for himself. There's just a lot more options on the table. There's a lot more options on the table offensively, but even defensively, you think about like one team, one thing this team uh, was severely lacking. I mentioned the size issue, but the toughness, I was very concerned. You know, it's like every playoff team that's successful, including the Laker championships from like, you know, the 2010s ish, including the early 2000s, um, 
you need a few guys on your team that are kind of like enforcers. LeBron is a very physical player, but he's your star player. Every team that's successful in the playoffs has one dude who's just like going to go in there and like wreck stuff up. You know what I mean? And Markeith Morris is that kind of guy. Like in this game, you know, this type of intense playoff intensity, Lakers biggest rival type game, guys on the team started to show their true colors in some ways, you know, like, I don't want to call guys out because it's one game, but KCP maybe didn't hit as many shots as he would have otherwise hit against lesser teams. Markeith Morris, you know, is not going to be somebody who's going to back down in these types of situations. Like, he's there for the fight, and that's what he wants, and and he gives us so much more on both ends because of that. Right, and you know, Markeith doesn't solve our primary creating, primary scoring problem, but it's not like he's a total one-dimensional player offensively like obviously you said he can hit the three but he's also got a post-up game to me he's almost like a like a better version of Todd gibson kind of like he's yeah, got a turn no, around he's got a really post-up good post-up game, game and actually. all that stuff so um and yeah you, you know he's gonna crash the boards muck it up inside so i think on all levels the fact that we just got this guy for free kudos to rob palinka kudos to the lakers fans that didn't freaking overreact because the lakers were quote-unquote doing nothing again and uh i mean this whole season is just a lesson in like stop overreacting wait till things are done let's see how things play out um and i think this team rob palenka lebron pretty much every player down the line is kind of proving like just calm your tits cool your tits i don't even know if that's a saying but just calm down wait for things to play out nobody expected this team to be as good as it is and i can't i honestly can't wait for the playoffs because i think this team it's so cliche to say, but I I do think they have like another gear to like another gear to turn, um, another flip to switch, and I think the mentality is just switch totally to going to change. Switch to switch to flip. Yes, exactly. Flip to switch. <laughs> I'm Filipino. Okay, I mess up idioms a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, especially if Rondo's performance tonight is indicative of uh, what is to come in the playoffs for a lot of people, especially LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, lastly. Do you think that they should just sign J.R. Smith at this point and, and cut Troy Daniels now that we've kind of... <laughs> you know, dude, as much as I like Troy Daniels for no reason other than he always seems like he's in a good mood, um, <laughs> J.R. Smith, again, if we want to think about maximizing playoff roster depth, J.R. Smith is a guy who's been there. Like He's shown on multiple occasions, actually, that he can take deep playoff runs and hit shots at a high level. Troy Daniels has not even during the season proven that he can consistently hit shots. J.R. Smith, again, you know, Troy Daniels is an undersized two. He's 6'4". J.R. Smith gives us a little more size. He's 6'6", with some length. Um, I don't. I think, to me, it's a no-brainer if J.R. is willing to, like, accept his role and knows where he's coming from. LeBron knows this dude. I think if LeBron is signed off and, like, again, talks to him and, like, lets him know, hey... To be clear, you're replacing a guy who doesn't play currently. So, like, you might not play very much. If he's fine with that, that's fine. But he's the type of guy who you could just throw in cold with, like, not playing, you know, in three, four games. And he could rain four threes in, like, a few Mm -hmm. minutes and completely swing a game for you. I have more faith in J.R. Smith to do that than I do Troy Daniels. So, I would be fine with doing that kind of move. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Right. I think it's almost an inevitability. I just want to say again that the reason why the Lakers may have not pulled that move yet is because they probably know JR's in the bag if they want him, but they're probably still waiting for that March 1st date to come around to see if anybody else unexpectedly gets bought out. Um, I know Mo Harkless is a name, even though he said that he wants to stay with the Knicks, but anything could change last minute, you know? So I think the Lakers are just holding out for that. March 1st is the deadline for... um, for players to get cut and still be eligible for the playoffs, anybody who gets cut after March 1st can still be signed by a team, but they won't be able to play in the playoffs. So I think the Lakers are just doing the due diligence, and by March 1st, if nobody new and cool gets cut that the Lakers could use, they'll probably sign J.R. Smith and cut Troy Daniels. Um, with that said, that'll do it for our show. Um, Kobe Bryant and Gigi's memorial is tomorrow, so Lord have mercy on all of our souls once again. I'm kind of glad we aren't doing a podcast after that because it's too emotionally draining, man. <laughs> and we have we just gotten back into the flow of uh, being able to talk about basketball in somewhat of a lighthearted manner again and get into the weeds with this stuff. But uh, I'm sure tomorrow all of us will go back into that mode once again where we're reflective and um, I'm sure that memorial will be very emotionally charged. And um, yeah, good luck to those who are going to Staples Center to uh, witness that as well. So uh, with that said, we will catch you guys next time. Thank you guys for listening. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. And uh, yeah, go Lakers, go, go. Tommy, I will catch you later. Peace. See ya. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.